0: What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to be ha- uh, talking to you here on Friday afternoon. Usually this show we do at the beginning of the week, Monday, Tuesday, that sort of thing as we kind of gather everything from the weekend, week's end, all that kind of stuff. Some scheduling stuff has come up. We've been slamming you with a lot of different content. On this, pod, on, on this podcast, the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, whether it's the Orange and Black Insider, whether it's Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends, whether it's Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick, we've been trying to get you all kinds of different things as we're gearing up through the preseason, into the regular season, getting you stuff, trying to get you stuff daily, trying to get your Bengals and football fix going daily for you. So hopefully you have enjoyed that. Most recently this week, in case you missed it on our show, we had Believe in Bengals podcast host and of course former Cincinnati defensive back, member of the 1988 Super Bowl team, Solomon Wilcots, joined us, which is really cool. Uh, great conversation there, and um, you know we've been we've been having some fun doing a lot of different things here. I see, by the way, uh, I see in our live chat here from one, another great bangles podcast bangles and brews with uh, our boys derek and dale on that one i will be making an appearance on that great show tomorrow evening so you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna check that one out i have been um very good on the adult beverage front this week so i'm thinking that that may be a good time to break out a new koozie and um, maybe partake in a beverage or two with those gentlemen. So you, you're going to want to check that out. Going to have some fun there. A great and fun podcast. Bangles talk and all kinds of different things. So looking forward to that. Good to see them tuning in and appreciate that. Uh, coming up this week, by the way, coming up next week, I should say, is uh, another special guest coming up. And we're going to get to the news and notes and all that kind of stuff. But got to shamelessly self-promote. We've got this guy. For those watching the live broadcast, Mr. Sam Hubbard set to join us next week on the show. I'm going to be talking with him. And speaking of Brews, he's joining us courtesy of Miller Lite. So going to want to stock up on some Miller Lite as the regular season through the preseason and regular season as you watch your Bengals. So happy to be speaking with him coming up here next week. We'll have that on the main show. We'll have that as a standalone interview as well. Um, So looking forward to that. And we will have the Solomon Wilcots interview coming up as a standalone episode two. So about 20 minutes worth on that one. That's a pretty cool one, too. So check that out. We're going to spend some time with Sam Hubbard. Really interesting to see what he has to say as well about the team because we catch up with him just about it's been like the last two, three years in a row. We've caught up with him around the beginning of the season, and we're talking about, well, you know, how are the Bengals going to be this year? Are they going to take that next step and all of that? So now there's a little bit of a different conversation based on how the Bengals did last year. So pretty stoked on that. Looking forward to speaking to Mr. Sam Hubbard again coming up here. So you won't want to miss that on the Orange and Black Insider and, of course, on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. This channel, if you are like the audio stream, you can get that on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones we are there and again all the shows i mentioned before ours bengal jim show and of course matt minick shows that he does all of those are available for you and then of course if you like the video you can subscribe down there there's a button on our youtube uh, to subscribe to our youtube channel getting close to six thousand subscribers subscribers on our youtube channel so Uh, Pretty stoked on that. Maybe we'll do a little giveaway or something. By the way, I guess we got to do giveaways for something else we'll talk about a little later in the episode, but um, still, if you want to go subscribe to the YouTube channel, please do that, and of course, give a thumbs up and like the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. Got about 80,000 or so on that one liking that, so pretty stoked on that. All right, let's get to it. We've got to get to some Bengals news. We're going to get to some AFC North news. Time permitting, we're going to get to a couple of NFL pieces of NFL news as well. So get that by the way, for joining us on Facebook, the title wouldn't let us change it. it, it we are initially, we're going to go on Tuesday, which is eight sixteen, And now it's eight 19. It wouldn't let us change the date there to keep the live stream. So I don't know. Um, apologies for the typo there. Get over it, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. The Cincinnati Bengals have a game coming up here. Uh, against the Giants. They're coming off of a loss to the Cardinals. But um, there are a few... Uh, unfortunately, now we're getting into the little bit of the injury front. We'll get some news on that, what the Bengals are doing to remedy that, all of that. But the biggest, I guess, quote-unquote injury was one that was not suffered in camp per se, but it was Joe Burrow's uh, appendix and the forthcoming or I guess the uh, appendectomy that occurred after the appendix issue, but it did indeed rupture. I mean, it was noted here, and this is on Cincy Jungle, that, and, I'll, and I will pin this story for you guys here, um, this, it ruptured, uh, full rupture there for for him. So kind of scary, obviously, if that's not treated properly. I could get really, really dicey there. But yeah, I mean, he he ruptured the whole thing and obviously had to have it removed and is still kind of, gearing back up as we've gone into this week you've seen him engage in practices and do more things he was kind of cruising around on the cart a little bit taking it real easy and I think also with the the ailment here he's lost some weight so there's kind of some rumblings about him kind of trying to gain a little bit more weight where does he need to go for that around Cincinnati and whatnot but Burrow said it wasn't uh, the quote was it wasn't normal appendicitis that you hear about I didn't really feel much just getting it checked out and had some discomfort. So we thought we'd get it checked out. Turns out I had it. So I had to get it fixed. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't doubled over in pain, which you do hear about some, I, I knock on wood have not had this ailment. So some folks have this and they are just doubled over in pain. Um, thankfully that was not the case with him. But again, I think it will be okay. As furthering on the quote? We have a good plan as far as nutrition and weight room and all that stuff. I feel good right now and just going to keep feeling better. And then, of course, he, he makes note: I'd like to have a normal off season at some point. God, can we please? That would be that would be nice if we are able to have that, Joe. We're with you on that front for sure. But um, Joe Burrow did have his appendix rupture and uh, had that repaired and now he is back at practices we have seen this week so good to see him back and yeah at, at any rate it would just be nice let's hope that this is the last offseason with Joe Burrow having any kind of delay practice delays any of that kind of stuff no more of that please 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 all right as we all know now Bengal Jim had this gentleman's son uh, Ken Riley the second a great uh, great man as well. And, and, you know, obviously doing a lot to keep the memory of his um, late great father alive and we'll see what happens here, but it looks like Ken Riley took a gigantic step forward and there's really just another small step now for him to make the hall of fame. There's, he's one of three senior finalists for the 2023 pro football hall of fame. I believe they let in two. So, um, this was a big, big move forward. And even if, for some reason, he does not make it in the twenty-three class, um, you would think that this now being a senior finalist would put him in the very near future, regardless. But this is a big, big step forward for him and a big move for the Bengals. And what's interesting about this, if you looked, we talked about this Wednesday night on our show. If you didn't, if you didn't catch it, but on Wednesday, the Pro Football Hall of Fame on their tweet talking about Ken Riley, they noted Bengals ring of honor, class of 21, or, you know, he's a member of the Bengals ring of honor. That's the kind of stuff that matters. That's the kind of stuff that gets the attention nationally of some of these writers, voters, all of that. And then of course, you, the fans on Twitter, Bengal Jam spearheading the jungle to the hall initiative and everything going along with that, talking about these guys Ken Riley, Ken Anderson and, and many others that are very deserving for not only Ring of Honor status with the Bengals but also Pro Football Hall of Fame status. So congratulations to Ken Riley and his family Ken Riley the 2nd. Um there we we highlighted their charity last year Ken the Ken Riley 13 Foundation go support them how you can. Give them maybe 13 bucks for his jersey number as a donation or what have you. Keep supporting them and uh congratulations to them. This is long overdue. A long wait, and it's not official, official, but, I mean, it's pretty official at this point, the fact that he has gotten this far in the process. So congratulations to the Riley family on that, and we can't wait to see Ken Riley in Canton, which is so, so deserved. A great man, a great player, all of that, and we're just really, really excited to see, um, get this news this week. Long overdue. All right. Yeah, Mark Graves here says he so deserves this. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about camp, what's going on, some, some good things, some bad things, some other things going on here. This guy last week did some real nice things for the team, and we don't know if this means that he's going to make – the final roster and if he does we'll see what kind of playing time if at all he gets but Kendrick Pryor's really making a name for himself initially it was Kwame Lassiter, the second doing some nice things on special teams and punt returns and a couple nice catches and whatnot in practice now it's Kendrick Pryor's particularly what he did at the end of the game a, a great uh, one-handed catch a touchdown catch the whole deal now granted it was kind of in um, you know, catch up mode and and hurry up mode at the end there, but still very very nice showing by Kendrick Pryor, and this is the this is the type of audition that a guy like this needs and needs to shine uh, shine with. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where he has to come in here and, uh, and wide receiver group definitely top heavy. You got to figure you've got four if not five wide receiver spots spoken for already between Chase Higgins, Boyd, um, you're talking about, you know, Mike Thomas, and then you're also uh, obviously talking about Stanley Morgan. You would think at least four of those guys are making the team, maybe five, and then that leaves you with one, maybe two spots on the active roster at the wide receiver position. So between Lasseter, Pryor, and a lot of others, you've got a lot of guys grinding for a spot, and Pryor is impressing. So uh, he was called, quote, the most improved player since the springtime. And that is from Zach Taylor himself with the quote. So that is a a big quote. And we have seen, now granted, it was because of injury and because of desperation, I guess, because of the injury. And then obviously, Zach Taylor being in his first year, we have seen Taylor not be hesitant in giving some of these young, unproven players chances, not only on on the final roster, but I mean, Damian Willis, the biggest example of a guy that got in there. AJ Green got hurt. Damian Willis played really well in the preseason, ended up getting, you know, starting time at the beginning of the 2019 season. Uh, Obviously, you know, that didn't work out well, but I mean, he parlayed that opportunity not only into making the roster, but also, you know, getting starting time. So you gotta, you gotta say kudos to that, even though it didn't work out for Willis and the Bengals And Pryor might be one of those guys that hangs on to the back end of the wide receiver roster here especially if he continues to to play well over these next couple of weeks so that um that's something to definitely it's one of those players you got to keep watching over these next couple of weeks here um let's keep going and this is before we get to the the injury news and updates and all that kind of stuff this is something that we've kind of heard before but you know we'll we'll relay it again this is actually on nfl.com and we'll put pin that in the live chats for everybody to go check out the article here that's kind of what we do on this episode in case you are new here if you watch the videos and go back and watch the live feeds live comments all of that we leave in our comments we leave the links to most if not all of the stories that we reference here and of course you know the twitter videos and all that kind of stuff we try and Cite the proper sources and all of that. So we want you to go give them the clicks as well. But anyway, Joe Burrow and Jesse Bates' absence, um, the Bengals' teammates will quote, welcome him back with open arms. Jesse's business is his business, is what Burrow continued to say. When he's ready to come back, we'll be excited to have him. Obviously, a great player, great person, great friend. So when his business is over, we will welcome him back with open arms. Obviously, referencing Jesse Bates. And his impasse, contract impasse with the Bengals, um, he is currently slated to play on the franchise tag. We talked about that with with Solomon Wilcox the other night in terms of you know his view as both a player and then being on the media side of things w- with this situation. And, you know, I think the, the prevailing opinion is that even though he has not signed that franchise tender yet, he's going to come back when the, when it matters for regular season games, not risk himself for injury. And then really kind of try again, um, try again next year, whether it's with the Bengals or another team, but he's going to get paid. We've seen a lot of safeties get paid big money over the course of really since, since the 21 off season. I mean, you're talking about early in 21 throughout the 21 season, throughout this off season, you've seen a lot of guys get paid. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I think Derwin James was the most recent a little bit of a different player, is Derwin James than Jesse Bates, but I mean, you get the point that the position is being paid what it's being paid. So Bates is, and his camp is obviously saying that, oh, by the way, Derwin James's rep- representation is the same as Jesse Bates'. So that's something to keep in mind too. So at any rate, uh, the good news with this is that it, it, it doesn't sound, I mean, I, he's not inclined to play on the franchise tag. We've heard that, the good news is, is it doesn't seem like this is going to be something. It doesn't appear that this is something that's going to hold over into the regular season. And on top of that, you're starting to see, at least last week in preseason, you saw some great stuff from Dax Hill in a lot of different areas of the game here. Very active, doing a lot of different things. So that's always something that you like to see from your first-round rookie who is kind of stepping in and doing some of the Bates roll stuff as a rookie. So you you like to see that. So, I mean, great player. We all hope he's here and all of that, but you know, I mean, the Bengals are chugging along and they're getting something out of their first round pick who at least for the foreseeable future is slated down the road to replace Bates potentially, but he's, he's showing some things at least in one preseason game. Let's hope he keeps up that momentum. Does Dax Hill. Okay. Now we got to get to the the doom and gloom a little bit. And this is injuries, et cetera. And unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with the offensive line, which is not good news because that is obviously the biggest question mark going into this year or or was based on what the Bengals did in free agency. But you look at Ben. This is one here. Ben Brown is placed on IR. So that's a bummer. That was a a high-priority undrafted free agent. For the Bengals, he has been placed on IR. That's not good. If in case you are um, unfamiliar with him, he was a he is a rookie from Ole Miss, 6'5, 312, and has a lot of right guard experience. So he was a guy that I think a lot of people were watching. You know, is he gonna be one of those swing backup guys? Is he gonna hang on to the roster? Maybe developmental practice squad guy, but He's got a biceps injury and he is done for the season and on IR. So that's not good. Now, big week here for presumably for Jackson Carmen and did not play well with, you know, with the ones last week against ones at left guard, but unfortunately you kind of, you were hoping that this was going to another be another week and he's got some stuff, some film under his, you know, that he's reviewed his feet are under him a little bit more. Well now we've got uh Jackson Carmen testing positive for COVID-19 as of yesterday. Now the COVID protocols are a little bit different than they were a year ago and or two years ago. So he um, you know, it's really kind of uh a little bit of, yeah, I mean, it's gone, essentially, the COVID protocol. So it's more like, when do you feel better and all of that sort of thing? But obviously, this disease, illness affects others in different ways. So um, at any rate, you know, you're talking about people around him and quarantining, all that stuff, that's not a, an issue anymore, as it's noted here in this article. But the whole the whole thing is, is you know, is, is he going to be well enough to play this week and um if he is how effective will he be coming off of an illness we don't know all of this stuff Uh, it's just a big week for jackson carmen and it's a shame that he unfortunately caught covid this week to kind of throw a wrench into everything not something that you had hoped would have happened here with him and so you know it's something to definitely monitor throughout this um this week A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. We'll, we'll get into some more injuries here on both sides of the ball. There's some injury updates and all this stuff came in a flurry here this Friday. And this is, uh, unfortunately, a guy we had on our one of them on our show a few weeks back, Cam Taylor-Britt. And then a couple of others, Isaiah Prince, Drew Sample. These are guys that have been kind of uh, – Prince is a more recent issue. We knew Cam Taylor-Britt was having a core issue issue that was going to keep him out for a few weeks did not play in the first preseason game uh, you've got Deontay Smith on this list as well and Drew Sample so let's kind of run through the gamut here and this is a uh, this is a big this is a big um, set of updates here let's pin this here okay pin that in the live chats for folks Injury updates on Cam Taylor Britt, Isaiah Prince, Deontay Smith, and Drew Sample. Okay. Unfortunately, and this is this is what I was afraid of when you hear core injury, um, repair, uh, he, uh, Cam Taylor Britt had surgery to repair a core muscle injury per Zach Taylor. He will be sidelined for the remainder of training camp and is considered week to week. Now, what this exactly means, we're not sure. Is this a hernia situation? Is this some other situation, a slight tear, whatever. These are the types of things though um, that end up sometimes lingering. Now, the fact that he had surgery and then it's supposed to be just a few weeks recovery, you know, initially it was, oh, he's going to be sidelined for a few weeks. Well, now it's surgery and sidelined for a few weeks. Don't like this snowball of stuff, you know, going downhill. But this does not seem to be an IR situation as of yet. With Cam Taylor Britt, a guy that I think a lot of people had high hopes for, um, even as a rotational guy. So let's let's step a (laughs) step back from the ledge a little bit here and kind of play the waiting game as hard as that is with Cam Taylor Britt. Isaiah Prince had a biceps injury now considered week to week. I believe that was uh, that occurred either Thursday or Friday. So he's he's got a biceps injury. Uh, He was getting a lot of the starting reps and got a lot of time because Lael Collins was out uh, and kind of doing different Is is slowly getting his way back into the lineup. We'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. And then you've got drew sample from a left knee injury. He suffered early in camp. He's considered week to week. um, And then he's already missed two weeks. So, I mean, that's, that's a long time. It's going to be a full month, but I think again, based on, what the key to success was last year with the Bengals and the injuries and being overly cautious in a way that's uh, what they're probably trying to do a little bit more of this time around and make sure that these guys are fully healthy. You don't rush them back and they're good to go. Now Mitchell Wilcox has a foot injury that he suffered early in the game last week. So you've got Thad Moss, Justin Riggs, Scotty Washington, and Nick Eubanks. Uh, fighting for tight end spots. Thad Moss was a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde last week, two big holding penalties that negated big plays, but also had a couple of catches in the passing game as well. So got to watch him this week as well as those Mm -hmm. others. Uh, Deontay Smith set to return and might play Sunday. We'll see uh, what happens there. So if that's good news, a guy that just has developmental upside galore, and you want to see more out of him, he showed a lot in a little bit of time in preseason last last year. So now this is another big preseason for him. You want to see him out there guard, tackle, do and just do a lot of different stuff and see if he can hang on to one of those swing spots here and be a guy that you can potentially rely on, whether it's spot starter and then maybe down the road developmental starter. We'll see, but um, that's a guy definitely to to watch. So a lot of different moving parts on the injury front you don't like this i guess if you have to have it happen it's good to have it happen now instead of later so um that's you know definitely something and then another article i'll I'll just pin it uh he left practice uh, did Isaiah Prince earlier and it was on friday um so here's this article and then i will post the Isaiah Prince injury article there so if you're tuning into the live chats you can find those and of course Most of these are on cincyjungle.com that I am referencing here, so uh, go check that out. Now, let's get to a tweet. Uh, This is from one of our friends, Mike Petralia. we got to get him back on the show as well. Great guy, great beat writer. Uh, I'm not going to play the clip, but you can kind of see here that what he's referencing, a very frank and enlightening tweet. Lael Collins happy to be back in 11 on 11's Friday. So good news. It's been slow for him. I know Kelsey Conway, another great beat writer for the Cincinnati Inquirer, covering the Bengals, kind of made a, a, a tweet out yesterday saying there's concern along the offensive line because, you know, right tackle, you've got, you know, Prince hurt now. You've got Collins, who's been kind of easing back into things. You haven't seen much of Kappa, haven't seen much of Karras and you know there's just concern and then of course the carmen issues all of that and so there were there were some concern there but now you've got collins as of friday practicing and back in 11 on 11 so you gotta you gotta feel better about that given the situations that we've been talking about and then you've also got deontay smith re-entering the lineup potentially this sunday against the giants um as a as a backup offensive lineman that you get a look at so Go check out this tweet from uh, Mike Petralia here and go li- listen to the video. It's about a two-and-a-half-minute video, so go check that out. But it is an interview with Leo Collins, various reporters asking him questions on coming back to practice, how he feels, all of that. And he seems to be pretty upbeat and excited about the fact that he is returning to practice and doing the things that he was – Signed to do with the Cincinnati Bengals, and obviously, as he as he goes, as Kappa goes, and as Karras goes, and as Burrow goes, um, you know, all of those all of those players are going to be huge for the Bengals in 22. There's no doubt about it. All right, we're gonna keep rolling on. A couple of additions in the wake of some of these injuries and all kinds of different things. Before I do though we just talked about Lael collins and he does have some high praise for uh let me get down to this one there's he's got high praise for rookie cordell volson who came in and played very well for jackson carmen after his stint as a starter and now cordell volson based on Jackson Carmen having COVID we'll see exactly what happens there, but Cordell Volson coming in here and he'll get some time. He'll get some more time here at left guard, maybe some other spots too, but he'll, he'll vie for that left guard spot as of now. And so you've got, uh, you know, Leo Collins talking up Cordell Volson in in some ways here. And this is via Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Enquirer, um, quote, one of the best rookies I've ever been around. He praised Volson's toughness, physicality, coachability, and willingness to learn. That's a big statement right there. Um, And so Collins, obviously a, a very good player in his own right, talking about, once again, Cordell Volson, quote, one of the best rookies I've ever been around. And that is relayed to us by Charlie Goldsmith, entire article about Leo Collins coming back and whatever, else going on with him is on Cincy Jungle. Here is the uh, the link to that story there. That just came hot off the press as we, I believe, shortly before or right when we took the air. So I'm, I'm going on the fly here, ladies and gentlemen, and I am telling you some new breaking stuff <laughs> in a way as we're on the air. And thank you again to the great beat writers getting some of those quotes and whatnot in the locker room from Lael Collins and others. All right, this is Some more stuff, as I mentioned, the Bengals are doing things to remedy some of these injury issues, players being waived, all that kind of stuff. And they have signed Javaris Davis, and they have waived Bookie Radley-Hiles. And you can see here Davis is 5'10", 186, um, and he is a cornerback, is Davis. And they waived cornerback Radley-Hiles. So you can see here, um, you know, uh, Davis is from Auburn and originally a college, uh, college free agent by the Chiefs in 2020. So you can see here, uh, th- there's some clips here of Joe Burrow going against him, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Davis was given a round five grade, according to NFL.com analyst Lance Zierlein. So that's, um, that's pretty interesting. And then uh, Radley Hiles was a rookie out of Washington And he was a college free agent signed by the Bengals this last spring here after the draft. So um, some interesting news there. I don't – did I pin this one for you? But the Bengals kind of swapping cornerbacks there on their roster. So that's some recent roster news. And you can find a lot of different clips of um, uh, Javaris Davis going up against Joe Burrow and others in the SEC. So that's something to check out for sure. And then you've got here, because of the offensive line issues, the Bengals signing another offensive line for some help, uh, Nathan Gilliam. And then they waive Carson Wells. This came across on Friday afternoon as well. So you can see here, uh, Nathan Gilliam was a guy who played for Wake Forest and was a college free agent for the Chargers a couple of years ago. He's on the practice squad for them throughout all of 2020 and then spent some time on their practice squad and the Steelers practice squad in 21. And then he spent the 22 off still with the Steelers played in their first preseason game. And now he is with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a big guy, six, five, 300. And uh, I think he was, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of guard experience here. So a guy that the Bengals will potentially try and develop, definitely get some snaps. You would think over the next couple of games in the preseason here, so Nathan Gilliam, now a Bengal, and the Bengals waived Carson Wells. Uh, he was a rookie out of Colorado, one of the college free agents they brought in there. So he is no longer with the team. So we're going to talk a little bit more about sights and sounds from today, and then we'll get into AFC North, uh, some stuff that I guess we just got to get to with the AFC North, and uh, a couple things with the NFL, and then we will get out of here. Again, I'm Anthony Kazenza joining you and uh getting some live viewers here good to see all of you appreciate you tuning in on this Friday afternoon we're gonna have a lot more stuff for you not only this weekend with coverage of the game on cincyjungle.com we'll do a post-game show here I saw I think our buddy Terrell was saying hey are you taking calls no we'll take calls Sunday if you want to call in the show and talk Sunday Sunday night about the game About what's going on if you want to call in hey maybe i'll even open up uh the 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 live link so you can join in video chat and we can we can keep it there if we want to keep it uh if we keep it manageable and keep it friendly (laughs) maybe we'll open that up for you sunday but uh we'll have that for you we'll have all kinds of stuff on cincy jungle and then as i mentioned sam hubbard on our show this week i know bengal jim's got some big guests and i know Matt Minnick on our podcast channel is also going to bring you all kinds of great analysis and special guests as well. So you got to keep it tuned to Cincy jungle and it's podcast channel for all the stuff going through preseason and into the regular season. And we'll keep hammering you with content. Let's keep it rolling though. Talking about Sunday, Zach Taylor does have a plan in place. Now this article, I believe came into existence. Yeah. Before, Carmen was diagnosed with COVID-19, so I don't know how that you know throws everything off, I guess. But at any rate, um, he plans to sit the majority of starters once again does Zach Taylor against the Giants, and there is going to be you know that some stuff going on with the left guard battle. We talked about Cordell Volson looking great in the eyes of Leo Collins and looking great from most of our perspectives on in last week against the Cardinals. And then of course he's in a battle now with Jackson Carmen. So we'll have to see exactly what happened here there, um, what happens there going in forward and with this game. So you see here the, Zach Taylor on on Cordell Volson. We'll just kind of continue off that. And this is Charlie Goldsmith here. Quote, he's a rookie that's improving every single day. We like all of the intangible stuff. He flashes some really good stuff. And it's about consistency there. Do you see that that last phrase? And it's about consistency there. By no means is that left guard spot solidified by anybody. That is the quote from zach taylor as of a couple days ago i believe this was early in the week so that's that's telling and now you know you've got uh, volson kind of wedging his foot in the door so to speak and lowering his shoulder to to push the door open even further you would say so we'll see exactly what happens there i i i don't know this is this could develop into something that Uh, maybe some of us thought would happen. Maybe some some of us didn't think would happen. I don't know, but uh, that is definitely the spot to watch. It's one of the few starting spots really up for grabs at this point with this roster. I mean, most of the roster is pretty much settled from a starting standpoint. So that's definitely one of the ones that you want to see. And then along with the game plan for Sunday against the Giants, here's another tweet From Mike Petralia. Go give him a follow, by the way, at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Great guy. Uh, Been on our program. We got to try and get him on again, like I said. But here you go. Taylor says Tyler Shelvin will play more on Sunday night. You heard John and I joke on Wednesday. Tyler Shelvin. One snap. One snap against the Cardinals. So Tyler uh, Shelvin has to play more, obviously has to show more. We don't know exactly what went on last week to cause this, you know, issue in terms of snaps or lack thereof with Shelvin. So a guy that you're probably going to see quite a bit of, I would think this week we'll see exactly what happens there. You know, I think some of us had some high hopes for him, but uh, hasn't really come to fruition since being drafted last year in the fourth round. Here's a video. It's kind of going viral. A lot of different people showing it. We'll, we'll share. Mike Petralli is again here I, I think our, our buddy James Rapine at All Bengals has been sharing it. This is Joe Burrow throwing a nice play to a uh, nice ball to Jamar Chase and great coverage by Apple knocking it away there um, in the end zone. So you like that there. Uh, you, you can see there Eli Apple swatting that away in the end zone. Great play by him against Chase, but Jamar Chase still – making plays. As we know, he's not down for long. That is for sure. This is on Cincinnati is the Cincinnati Bengals Twitter account, a photo here. Look at this catch. And that's against Wuzier right there in the end zone. The caption every day matters. A couple of other, uh, a couple of other different photos that they have there, but look at that one hand. I I assume he came down with that there. And uh, so even when there's a nice play by Apple and whatnot, there's this kind of play here. And then I also saw a, a video as well of Higgins making a play, I believe it was on Mike Hilton. So the, the big three wideouts, or, you know, the big, their top wideouts, they're making plays against their, the, the top corners as well. And or vice versa a little bit there. So you like to see that kind of stuff going on in training camp guys, making each other better on both sides of the ball there. You like to, you like to see that. So at, any rate, that's, those are some sights and sounds from Bengals Training Camp as of Friday. We thank all of the great beat writers who give us those great videos and pictures and all of that. So we like to share those with you and obviously credit the right people there. So go follow them on Twitter. Go get their videos and share them as you can. We, um, we appreciate their work. Moving on. And, man, I hope this is one of the last times we have to talk about this one. And we're talking AFC North now. And we will talk about the city up north, and that is the Cleveland Browns. And, man, I am just tired of talking about this. It's an ugly situation, an ugly story. And when you think it gets resolved, uh, it didn't get resolved the right way. You've got people, you know, not, and rightfully so, not enamored with the reactions by those with the Cleveland Browns. Um here is an article on cincyjungle.com. Uh, as as we all pretty much know by now, Deshaun Watson's suspension has increased from six games to 11 games. He has been fined an additional $5 million, which is going to go towards, um, you know, assault victims, uh, you know, awareness on that sort of thing. So they will uh, divvy out that that fine money. Uh, to some very very good causes, and he is to undergo evaluation and all kinds of different things, mandatory evaluation and whatnot in the interim. Now, what this also does from an on-field perspective, when we when we announced on on this show when he went uh, when he was being suspended for six games, what this does now is it pushes the Browns and it pushes Deshaun Watson out of playing in every. First matchup within the AFC North. So as it was, I believe the only game he was set to miss in the AFC North was one game against the Steelers. I believe that's week five, week six. I don't have the Browns schedule in front of me like I did last time. But as it is now, it appears that 11 games sets him to miss one game apiece against the Steelers, against the Bengals, and against the Ravens, respectively. So now this alters potentially, depending on what you think his impact is, was immediate impact would be with the Browns. This alters things within the AFC North because now the AFC North is facing in all likelihood Jacoby Brissett, more on that in a minute. But at this point, Deshaun Watson has been suspended now for 11 games there's a total of seven million dollars in fine money, and f- I think five million, if not all of it, is going to, um, you know, great some some good causes, awareness, and and you know all of all of those sides of things. And then of course he has to undergo evaluation and different kinds of things, treatment, while he's serving his suspension. So these are all things we knew the NFL was going to appeal, and when they did appeal the original decision we kind of got the feeling it was going to be maybe around in this in this range. So Deshaun Watson, at this point, I think we all kind of know about that, but I wanted to talk about that briefly and then also talk about the impact on the field and on the schedule because Watson now is set to miss the first matchup against every AFC North team, obviously causing a ripple effect throughout the division there. So something definitely that we're going to be um, keeping an eye on, hopefully – we can, it's just an ugly situation, an ugly story. And hopefully we don't have to talk about it all that much more. Um, and and the Browns, I I think most people believe that they have not really handled the entire thing all that well in a lot of different respects. So, um, but that is what it is over there in Cleveland. And, uh, they're going to roll with this suspension and when he's back and ready, he's likely going to be the starting quarterback, you would think, right when he is able to play. So um, we'll we'll see how ready he is <laughs> at that point. And we're talking about not only all the other stuff going on, but a year of football missed last year and then 11 more games this year. That's a lot of time, a lot of time being missed. Learn more at Marines.com. Speaking of Jacoby Brissett in the Cleveland Browns, though, this is on NFL.com, and I will share this link in the live chats with folks. Uh, this is from Kevin Pat- Patra on NFL.com. Jacoby Brissett, quote, I just have to be myself in terms of the starting role, meaning, you know, he's embracing kind of his role as stopgap starter. And a little bit what his career has been defined by, really. But uh, the quote is, I just have to be myself. I don't really kind of try and do anything more or less. More so, I just try to be myself. I think we have a plan, and we're going along with the plan, and I'm continuing to get more and more comfortable with the offense. I haven't played in a game yet, so I think when that time comes, it will come, and I've got to use, which I do, I use these practices these days as my game. I go out there with the mindset that it is a game, and I think I'm playing every day. So... Brissett, you know, he was a he was third round pick by New England uh, six years ago. Goes to the Colts, starts some games there, and then of course now with the Browns and is set to start in all likelihood the games that will be missed by Deshaun Watson. Um, we'll see exactly how well he performs in this in this position, Brissett, but. You know, obviously the expectations I don't think are very high. It's more kind of game manager, I would think. And the rest of the talent on that roster, let them do their thing. They've got great running backs. uh, Brought in Cooper now. They've got some really good players on defense. So you kind of figure, let them do their thing. Just don't turn the ball over. Don't make crazy mistakes. And kind of keep the boat afloat until Watson comes back, I would assume is kind of the Cleveland mindset there and, and call plays that are to the strengths of Jacoby Brissett. The Browns have in the last few years have had a really good offensive line and they've added to it here. This is on dogs by nature. They added offensive tackle Wyatt Teller recently. So a guy that they think can come in and be valuable to them, uh, at least from a depth perspective. Um, Wyatt Miller is... Uh, by the way, they waived wide receiver Travell Harris in, order, in in doing so. Um, by the way, Miller, if that name sounds familiar, Cincinnati Bengals practice squad right there. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent out of Florida a few years ago in 2019, so he did not make the Jets roster. Bengals added him to the practice squad, bounced around to the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Niners, and then most recently with the Panthers, now with the Browns. So they added Wyatt Miller in case that name sounded familiar. Brief stint with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not going to go into too far of detail on air with this, but I do think these articles are w- worth uh, sharing because I think they have a lot of good information, a lot of good insight on them. And this is on clevelandbrowns.com, uh, observations from joint practices between the Browns and the Eagles here. And we'll get probably likely some of these when uh, the Bengals and the Rams go at it in a, in a couple of weeks here, but, or I guess next week. So um, you can see here, This is from Thursday, um, and you can, you know, there's all kinds of different things here. Defensively, the Browns look strong in the first seven-on-seven period. Uh, Browns offensive line held up well against the Eagles' defensive fronts. Um, So, I mean, there's there's little things here that you want to tidbits that you want to talk about. Jedrick Wills was replaced by Alex Taylor during the last eleven-on-eleven period. So, a lot of different little tidbits and takeaways that gives you some insight on the how the Browns are looking, what they're doing and all kinds of different things. So check that one out. I pinned that in the, um, in the live chats for folks. All right. Moving on. Now we did a lot of, uh, we did a lot of Browns talk. Let's move on to the Ravens here. Just a couple for them. And this is drama from a guy named Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood Brown says the Ravens didn't really need me was the quote. And obviously they traded him to the Cardinals. And now these two teams, by the way, the Bengals played the Cardinals last week, the Cardinals play the Ravens this week. So now this is coming, coming to the surface here as these two teams face off. And again, Hollywood Brown says the Ravens quote didn't really need me. So you can, that was kind of a shocker on draft day when this trade occurred, but you can see here, quote, yeah, it's about happiness. I mean, I want to feel like I'm part of something to win at the Ravens. I just felt like sometimes they didn't really, they really didn't need me. Like regardless if I was there or not, they're going to win games. And you know, I love the game too much. I want to be involved. People get it wrong. I loved being at the Ravens. Um, What I stand for on the football field is what they stand for. So interesting set of quotes here. And one that, I mean, is that, a, is that a backhanded compliment to the, the Cardinals? I I can't – I don't know how to take this one. I mean, let's let's look at it again. It's about happiness. So I wasn't happy in Baltimore. I mean, I want to feel like I'm part of something to win. At the Ravens, I just feel like sometimes they really didn't need me. Like, regardless if I was there or not, they're going to win games. And, you know, I love the game too much. I want to be involved. So does that mean the Cardinals do not have the infrastructure, the roster in place without him to win games? I I don't I don't understand this quote, but it's still stirring up a lot of drama. Hollywood Brown, um I I don't I don't really understand that. But uh a quote that makes you definitely scratch your head a little bit and I think if you are the Ravens even though you've got some big big questions at wide receiver, maybe sometimes you just kind of say, "You know what?" Maybe it's just for the best for both parties that this trade did, did take place and that we are going our separate directions. So, and that's, that's what occurred. Uh, there is, if we know the Baltimore Ravens, they love outside linebackers, pass rushers. And there is one Steven means this is on Baltimore Ravens.com. He is grateful for a second chance with the Ravens, a guy who is one of those outside linebacker types and he was originally with the team a while ago, 2015. Wanted to return, and then he got uh, a one-year deal with Baltimore, and was excited to come back. Quote: What most people don't know is this place resurrected my career. There was a point I was almost done with ball, then I got here and started having fun again, and started loving the game again. So kind of a cool story there on BaltimoreRavens.com about um, Means and his path back to the. The, the Ravens and football, et cetera, Stephen Means there, go read that one, kind of a fun read for a little bit, and you can get some insight on that. All right, now time to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we'll get a couple of NFL ones, and then we are out of here. Shameless, sh- absolutely shameless self-promotion here. I'm, I'm pitting my own tweet, um, but after his performance last week, George Pickens is now the new favorite in terms of betting lines from Bet BetOnline.ag. Wide receiver George Pickens is the new favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year with a six to one odds. Jets Brees Hall, another Steelers player, quarterback Kenny Kenny Pickett are both nine to one, and Saints wide receiver Chris Olave are is ten to one for Rookie of the Year right now. Now, I mean, obviously, right now that doesn't mean much, but. It is showing that the needle for George Pickens has really skyrocketed based on his 26-yard touchdown reception that he had last week and just other types of things and murmurs out of camp. And, oh, yes, don't worry. His trademark bullying of defensive backs, cornerbacks, during a run play or a play that's not coming his way, he gives them the big old shove when they don't seem to be looking or not expecting it. That happened again. He did that a lot of Georgia and he did it again. And Oh, by the way, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. We know what the Pittsburgh Steelers like to do. The players like to do the coaches like to preach. We know this by now. So if you have not seen him do this, if you have not seen him do it in college, if you didn't see it last week, expect it. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, expect it. It's going to come. Now I think this, I do think that he is going to be a bit of trouble. Um, and I mean that as a compliment to him and, and to the Steelers. I think he's gonna, he's gonna, if he gets, if they figure out the quarterback spot, they're gonna get some plays out of him. Uh, he's a talented guy. It's more about attitude and different things with him, but talented player. And so now he seems to be the favorite for rookie of the year, at least in terms of betting lines. This is another one that kind of similar to that Ravens. Uh, story, or I guess the, I'm sorry, the Brown story about tidbits coming out of practice. This is a really good one here from Jeff uh, Hartman at behind the steel curtain from on the SB nation here. This is seven Steelers training camp storylines and their result with camp breaking. And so you can see here, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, the open uh, quarterback competition, run defense, offensive line. It talks about breaks it down results, all that kind of stuff. So obviously the, the quarterback competition is here. And so uh, it seems that this is Trubisky's job. However, Pickett, again, he had, he had some moments last week in their first preseason game as well. So they seem to think that it's Trubisky's time to shine, but we will see. And, Speaking of that quickly against the Jaguars coming up here, that is the game plan with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is on Steelers.com. Trubisky is going to start against Jacksonville and then Pickett, And then Mason Rudolph, I believe it was Rudolph who threw the touchdown pass to Pickens, by the way. So interesting that he's still third on the depth chart there, but they're going to give Pickett some time. They want to give Trubisky some time as well. So, all, all three will play. Trubisky's going to start. It does appear that Trubisky's the guy. And that, that appears to be the, the guy that the Bengals will face in week one at uh, not don't don't call it Paul Brown Stadium anymore. Paycor Stadium, right? Paycor Stadium. All right. A couple more, then we're out of here. I don't know if you have heard about this. I've heard some things about it. I didn't get the full scoop, but this is this is weird. On CBS Sports here, there's an article and it talks about, you know, of course, Deshaun Watson, but there's a couple of other facets in terms of news around the league. And this one is really weird. Number three on this list on CBS Sports, and it's you know about how Deshaun Watson's suspension, blah blah blah. So you know I'll, I'll pin that to you here, but this is the part that I found interesting, particularly since we've talked already about Watson. Tom Brady's return date is still a mystery, and look at how this just like plays out here. This is so bizarre, and in all caps, Tom Brady left the team, and no one seems to know when he's coming back. Okay. This is a bizarre situation, and it got even more bizarre on Thursday. Todd Bowles admits he has no idea when Brady's coming back. The Buccaneers coach originally said Brady would be back after Tampa Bay's preseason game against the Titans this weekend, but apparently that's no longer the case. We'll talk about it next week. Um, Okay, and when you you compile all of this with the situation where he pushed Arians, uh, supposedly, behind the scenes, pushed Arians out of the head coaching spot, there's some uh, quotes coming from Antonio Brown about Tom Brady and all of that. You you sit here, you sit back and you're like, what is this? Um, Why this is so weird? Um, Well, when the Buccaneers announced Brady would be taking leave, the team said it was a planned absence. It didn't make much sense, but this is Tom Brady we're talking about. And if he doesn't want, if he wants time off, you give him time off. However, the fact that Bowles doesn't know when Brady will be returning is at least somewhat alarming. Um, so at any rate, I'm sure it'll all work itself out. Brady will be back when he needs to be back, but it's just weird. And for a team that came off a super bowl win and uh, an ensuing run in the playoffs last year, you would think they would be primed to do, uh, you know, go, go kind of far this year as well, despite certain things. Uh, Again, you got Brady pushing their, their head coach. Out of his spot, Todd Bowles takes over. Todd Bowles has been an excellent defensive coordinator, but every time he has taken over a head coaching job, at least on a long-term basis, it has not worked out all that well. So you got to figure what you know what's going on there. I do think that that was the plan, but then you've got him just randomly leaving at the, at the end of training camp here and in preseason, shortly before the regular season. Just weird, weird. Uh, at any rate. We will keep moving on and get on out of here after these two here. This is ranking all eight divisions. Got to love these arbitrary ranking lists on all the national sites here, NFL.com, posting this one. I see Robert Rourke saying, the mass Singer. Yeah, that may be where Tom Brady's going. I, that's one of the funny rumors out there. But you can see here, what are the strongest divisions? And this is from Jeffrey Chadia at nfl.com and of course the afc west when you've got mahomes you now have russell wilson herbert carr then you talk about what the raiders did with Devontae adams um you know khalil mack uh, going to the chargers a lot of talent influxed there so it's not surprising now nfc west above here you see here the niners the rams i mean you got the Cardinals who made the, the playoffs last year. So a lot of different teams here that, um, you know, you could you could make an argument. Now you got the AFC East in third, of course. You've got the Bills, and then you've got Miami, who seems to be on the rise a, a bit here based on who they've acquired. And then, of course, you've got Bill Belichick and Mac Jones at the Patriots. So they're there. And then you've got the AFC North at number four. Of course, questions with Watson. Questions with the Steelers in their quarterback spot, and, and are they on a little bit of a downslide? And then, of course, um, you know you can see here the Bengals, for one, are the defending, defending AFC champs. They have a legitimate chance to be the best offense in football, especially now that Joe Burrow has an improved offensive line protecting him. So some high praise there from Jeffrey Chidea about the Cincinnati Bengals on this list, but the AFC North come in fourth on their list of toughest divisions in football. Take that for what you will. And then, of course, just some injury updates here. We've talked about backup quarterbacks and all kinds of different things. Geno Smith suffers a knee bruise for the Seahawks. Um, he, I guess he could have come back, some some say, but he did have an ice wrap. And then you've got Drew Locke, I guess, having a tough case of COVID-19 right now. So he, I, I guess, by reports, is, is pretty sick at the moment. But if he gets better, he will play. So you've got some quarterback issues going on in Seattle after they have shipped off Russell Wilson in a trade. So that is what's going on in Seattle in their quarterback spot. Not great news there. We're going to get out of here with this. We've been sharing this. We're, we're long playing this one. And I guess we got to start bribing you all with some prizes because we have a long way to go for fundraising for the Pollock Foundation, Pollock Family Foundation, that is. GiveSendGo.com slash Pollock Family Foundation. We're going to have autographed jerseys, we're going to have rookie cards, we're going to have Bengals merch, we're going to have all kinds of stuff to give away here. And we need your donations and we need your contact information when you donate. You can donate directly through this platform, you can donate through our YouTube super chats. You can donate a, a lot of different ways, but they have a lofty goal. They've got a lot of cool things that they are trying to do at the Pollock Family Foundation. David Pollock, of course, was on our show a few weeks ago. Great guy, spent like 25, 30 minutes with us, uh, maybe even more. Awesome, awesome guy. Obviously spent a couple of years with the Bengals, ended prematurely because of that neck injury. You see the the unfortunate picture there where he's in a neck brace, but has gone on and, and has been created an amazing career for himself on ESPN and his foundation does a lot of great work. A lot of it is based in Georgia, but they do a lot of, uh, they're they're trying to grow nationally as well. They work with Children's Hospital in Atlanta. They work with uh, at-risk mothers, at-risk youth in a lot of different projects. And then of course they try and promote wellness, nutrition, and all of that to help uh, and childhood obesity and different problems associated with that. So they've got their hands in a lot of different things and they are looking to put on a community Christmas concert. They're looking to do a lot of different things and they need our help. They, you know, they've, they were like, when I approached him about coming on the show, obviously he's a very busy guy, national platform. And, uh, they were like, yeah. And so uh, we, we came up with this endeavor to help them. And so we are enlisting your help last year. You guys were awesome about helping out the Ken Riley foundation, the Munoz foundation and the Ken Anderson Alliance for the ring of honor. This is kind of what we're doing this year. And we we may add a couple of other charities to the, to the pile a little bit down the road. We're long playing this one, but we need your help and we will give out prizes for those who donate. So please, please, please. They have a lofty goal. We haven't raised as much as we would like at this point. So enlisting your help gives and go.com slash Pollock family foundation. I know I can rely on your help. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been the Happening Headlines for the Orange and Black Insider. Thanks for tuning in live. It's been a long one because we haven't done this for a little while, but we appreciate you tuning in live. Thank you for listening after the fact. We will have a post game coming up this week. Next week, we'll have Sam Hubbard among Happening Headlines, our, our Deep Dive Wednesday show. We'll probably do listener questions live then as well. And then, of course, we'll talk more about the, the last game of the post uh, preseason, rather, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then it's on to the regular season. So we hope we can count on you for listening. We hope we can count on you for watching and, of course, donating to the Pollock Family Foundation. We appreciate it. Happy Friday. Have a good rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you Sunday and Houdic.